of the Lord tonight, and he'll share his key verse as well, I'm sure. Amen. Let's stand together as Brother Perkins comes. Amen. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Oh, it's good to be in the house of God. It is good to start a new year. Activity all around. Some good, some not so good. But, activity nonetheless. I suppose I'll take this time to share my verse. My verse that was put on me was Isaiah 40, verse 31. We know this. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. I'm glad I got that key. I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of a little weary why it's going to need to be used. <laughs> we shall find out. <laughs> In faith. Amen. Amen. I've been asked to share. And so we're going to continue in Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. And it says, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man shall shut it, for thou hast little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. So today, I want to talk to you about open doors. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The pastor has given us the direction. Key 23. Year 23, I assume. Maybe I'm searching for 23 keys. I don't know. I'll take as many keys as I can find, though. But as this year shifted, it ended with me being devastatingly sick. Some of you have been blessed to catch that sickness, too. I hope it wasn't from me. <laughs> I don't think it was because I left mine in Eagle River. <laughs> I didn't go. I'm not talking the church, I'm talking the city. <laughs> but as it went, all of a sudden, in prayer, because I was laid up in bed and I had nothing else to do, I was sitting there and I was praying and something came to my spirit. I saw a vast water. And it was starting to white cap. And my initial reaction was hesitation. Because I'm like, goodness, I don't want to go through another storm. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I started to get stirred on. 
You're not seeing correctly. For what you are perceiving is not for you. What you are perceiving is the storm I'm about ready to bring to the shore of the enemy. And it's going to come out of your belly. Out of your belly. This is stirring up. God is starting to stir across the UPCI about open doors. I have been praying and praying diligently. I have been here praying. I have been up at the middle of the night praying. It has kicked to a new level this sense of urgency to pray. And what I'm going to talk about is in conjunction and in alignment with Pastor Glover, and it is a continuation of Brother Mike's message. He preached, get ready. Now, I'm going to share some open doors. Things that are not yet open, but are about ready to become open. I want to show some things is first, the Valley of Achor is made into a door of hope. That's Hosea 2.15. One of the things that stirred on me in prayer is the positioning of America to access the door of hope. You do not get to tell God where He puts His door. The Valley of Achor means the Valley of Trouble. I don't know if you've noticed. There is plenty to go around. Don't miss the door because you've become obsessed with the valley. When we are here, it is so that they can be positioned to access the door of hope, the hope of this gospel. Notice how everything is being deteriorated systematically. You would think it's the enemy, except it is God tearing down everything that people have sought for refuge. People have sought for refuge in politics. People have sought for refuge in the police force. People have sought refuge in economics. And yet, God is bringing this country to seek refuge in Him. I want to talk to you about one of the things that God stirred on me when I went to the youth group. It's rare. I rarely ever get anything stirred on me during youth because it's not about me. It's not that I'm not listening. It's not that I'm not worshiping. It's not that I'm not praying. I am there to pray for you. I am there to let you know you are not alone. I will drive to show up because if you really need it, you can call me and we will be praying. Yeah. 
I want the kids to know you are not alone. Nowhere in my Bible does it tell me I have to fight fair. It says fight the good fight. It doesn't say fight fair. In fact, the Marine Corps tells you if you find yourself in a fair fight, your tactics suck. You should not be in a fair fight, ever. That's why we fight at night. I got MVGs, you don't. Oh, you don't have an AC-130? That's too bad. I do. I don't need to fight fair. Why should I fight fair with the devil? This is not a one-on-one -on -one fight. You want to fight me? It was Goliath that said, send me a man. Why do you get to dictate the terms of the battle? That's not okay. No kid should ever feel like I have to fight this by myself. Never. We're ready to get it. But God started to stir on me. One of the reasons of a no. Brother Tim was talking about faith. And with faith, he said, you can move mountains. Yes, you can. And then God started to stir on me. Let me tell you why I won't move one. Let me tell you why I've said no to your mountain being moved. And he showed me Isaiah 41, 18. It says, I will open rivers in high places. And God began to stir on me that my mountain that refuses to move is going to become the opening of an access point for new flow. Fountains in the midst of the valleys. Now I need you to pay attention to this. Because valleys are created by what flows off of a mountain. Because you made the climb and the journey, what is going to start being opened will do the digging for you. This is important. Because when we read about Hagar, Hagar found herself dying of thirst. Her and Ishmael. And when the lad cried out, an angel of the Lord spoke. And it says, her eyes were opened and behold, there was a fountain. The fountain was always there. What was opened was her ability to perceive it. I want you to know that your condition has already been met with provision. Has already been met with what has been dug. And what we're needing is an open perception. Because God didn't send her out in the wilderness and, oh, let me dig a well for you. It was already there. What we're about ready to walk into in this year, God has already dug the wells. Don't get caught up because you don't see it yet. I want to talk about an open door. Something that God stirred on me that 
with an open door in 1 Corinthians 16, 9, for a great door. And effectual is open unto me. But notice the end. And there are many adversaries. Our text says, no man can shut. The enemy is not going to be focused on trying to shut a door that they do not have power. They're going to be focused on trying to get you so distracted and weary, you don't walk through it. The enemy is not going to focus on the door. The enemy is going to focus on you. But there is good news. We already have victory. Don't worry about what the enemy is going to do. Worry about what God's going to do. Because let me tell you something. With the book of Daniel... When those three boys stood up, all of a sudden a door opened for them. And it's not a door that they would have thought. That's because you will never be able to perceive the will of God through carnal thinking. That was a door that through carnality said that leads to your destruction. This was a door that was only open to those that had enough strength to continue standing in faith. When this door opened, it became the meeting point for a new encounter. Just because you may be looking at a new fiery trial, you have to realize that in that fire is a dance. In Revelation 3.8, it says, I have set before thee an open door. God said, you use your strength not to deny me, so I won't require strength to get to the door. I will put it right before you. The question is, do you want to enter? Because... We have to realize, God says, I am the door. That's the Gospel of John. I am the door. We have to realize something about doors. It's not only what you're entering, it's also what you're exiting. They simultaneously take place. But what is going to be opened is only going to be accessible through Him. Him and Him alone. Which is why Brother Mike got that message. I really believe it. Get ready. Get ready. Why? Because I'm going to take you to a door. And if you're not ready, you can't go. Hear me, church. God loves you enough to deny you access. He really does. In His power, in His presence, in His glory, if you have not prepared yourself to hand glory over and to enter in with humility, 
No. He won't let you go. Because he's now not trying to deliver you from the enemy. He's trying to spare you from himself. Church, we have been, we have been up to this moment. And with Pastor Glover, he said, here's some keys. And I've been praying about it. And I got my key. You just keep waiting on me. Right on. <laughs> you know the most encouraging thing about that word is I haven't yet missed it. It's still coming. If he tells me to wait, I'm in the right place. But church, when he told me that, I realized God said, I want you to find a key. And the first person that came to my mind was my brother. And the reason for it is because it's the first time I've ever been told I was given a key. I want to share with you. I was sitting there and for two or three years, my family cut me off. Now, they should have cut me off when I was sinful because I was awful. But they cut me off when I tried to stop. <laughs> right? I would have understood over here. This is a little perplexing. <laughs> I'm trying to be a better person. <laughs> we don't want anything to do with you. <laughs> okay. No problem. Come back from combat. My brother went to combat. What should I do? Oh, you'll follow me into every stupid thought I ever had. You'll follow me to the bottle, to the pill, to the drug. It doesn't matter. Hey, follow me to Jesus. I won't do that. What? You'll follow me to destruction? You won't follow me to salvation? So I sat there and I prayed. And I prayed. And I prayed. God, I need an open door. God, I need an open door. This door has been shut, and no matter how much I knock on it, it will not open. In fact, God gave me a vision within the first week of me coming to this and getting the Holy Ghost. I saw my family sitting around a table holding hands. I began to pray. And all of a sudden, the Spirit hit. And each one of them, in succession, starts speaking in tongues. I shared this vision because I had yet to read the Bible. I didn't realize that swine stomp on pearls. So I invited them with the intention. I'm going to make this happen. I just saw it. So that must mean God's just going to back it. Here I go. Come Christmas, I'm going to do this. Everybody come. It became the worst Christmas I've ever had in my life. And keep in mind, I've spent Christmas in Iraq getting mortared. And I'd rather get mortared than go back and have to deal with that Christmas. <laughs> Honest. Worst 
Christmas ever. First massive hit to faith. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, I'm like, Lord, I need an open door. I need an open door. Nobody's talking to me. Nobody wants anything to do with me. Everything is absolute blackout. Fine. I need an open door. I know what you said because he told me. He told me in Eagle River while I was praying, if you will diligently seek me, I will make you the root that brings life into your family tree. Fine. I know what you told me. I need an open door. So we pray and we pray and we pray and Kristen gets pregnant. So we're praying. We're praying. I tell them, she's about ready to deliver. You all are welcome to come. I did not know that they would all decide to show up on the same day at the same hour in a room. I wouldn't put my family in this building together, <laughs> let alone a hospital room. Just being honest. When I find out that they're all coming, I go into prayer mode. I anoint everything. Everything. I'm like, Lord, I need your hand on this room. Or at least have the surgeons on standby. This is going to get nasty. Need you here. So I pray and pray and pray. They show up to see Melanie for the first time. I sit back. I don't say anything. And the peace of God comes into that room. And they sit there and they don't say anything to each other. I'm like, well, that's about as best as I could hope for. They get out to the parking lot. It starts. I didn't pray over the parking lot. I just prayed over the room. My brother calls me on the way back. He said, what happened in there? I have never in my life felt peace like that. I said, come on down and I'll tell you. So I'm sitting here. We talk about being born again. Let me tell you about baby feeding someone that's not even off the umbilical cord. Jesus, that's about as much as you could take. It was Jesus. We want to just dump. Here, here, let me just... Ah. <laughs> no. Jesus, and you could see his face. <laughs> like, all right. You're welcome to stay in my home. Stay. I want you to feel the peace. And he did. He left. Why is the peace in your home? I told you, come on back. So he's looking for reasons why it might be there. 
Oh, I see you have no TV. So he unplugs his TV. I see you have none of this. I see you have none of that. So he starts thinking. It's about the earthly. And each time it fails to produce what I have access to, I get another call. How are you doing this? How are you doing this? It's Jesus. So I asked God, I said, God, I keep telling them your name. There's power in your name, but I need an open door. I said, the door's open. Someone put a gate there. I need a key. So I went on a three-day fast praying to God. And God, all of a sudden, in the third day, said, here's the key. I will give it to you. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. All those that are heavy laden and burdened, I will give you rest. So this is what the Lord told me. He said, come unto me and all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Highlight this in a Bible. Hand it to him. Tell him to read this word out loud before bed. Tell him to pray this prayer. Lord, if you're real, be faithful to your word. And he said, tell him to sleep with that Bible. And the Lord told me, if he does this, I will take away the war nightmares. Now, I don't know if you've ever been around somebody suffering from that. There is not an alcohol. There is not a drug. There is not a prescription strong enough to stop it. But here we are. Here's a key. And I told him that. He said, that's not real. I said, what have you got to lose? I said, you keep telling me he's not real. I said, I am putting my faith out for you to prove it wrong. It either does what I say it's going to do or it doesn't. And you can look me right in the face and call me a liar. I said, I will never talk to you about Jesus again. Okay. He got up and he said, I have never in my life slept like that. And he did it for a week straight, believing that somehow I could just mess with his mind and make the dream stop. But he got baptized. He got the Holy Ghost. All because of a key. I know that we're looking for a key for ourselves. But I'm here to tell you God is going to open doors, but the doors that He opens are heavenly ones. The reason you're searching for keys is because you're going to open the doors hell has shut. Hell thinks it can stop and keep people in prison. Hell thinks that it can keep them bound in their addictions. This is why you get a key. When Silas and Paul were in the prison, something happened. We always preach about the shackles coming off. We always preach about the door opening. 
But I've always missed the prison doors opened not for Paul to come out, but for the jailer to get in. And the thing that was opened was not the prison, it was his home. He took them into his house. That's what happened when that whole place shook. His home became accessible. So I want to let you know, one of the doors you're going to see is the opening of homes. One of the doors to look for is the opening of people's homes. And it's going to happen because you are founded on the rock and God can send a shaking. We all ask for open doors for people. How deep are you willing to go to get it? They went to the deepest part of the prison to get this man. Oh, I want an open door until it stops being convenient. Another thing that I want to share, and I know I'm running out of time, is an open door of the barren womb. And what I mean by this is something struck me the other night that I had never paid attention to. I was sitting there watching Brother Cisco talk. And it's not what he said. It's while I was praying, while he was praying. <clears throat> and while he was doing this, he had briefly touched on the woman with the issue of blood. And the Lord said, I'm going to open a door. Now that's what stirred on me. I'm going to open a door. What door? A door of healing. Because all of a sudden, I understood that her condition did more than just make her unclean. Her condition did more than just make her broke. Her condition made it so that nothing could ever be grown in her. Everything, everything would miscarry because it never stopped flowing. It never stopped discharging. And the Lord began to stir on me about people who have a spiritual condition of blood where they go to an altar and there is intimacy. There is a seed that is given. There is a word that is given. And yet days later, it is just leaving them. Because the ability to become impregnated is not afforded to this issue. And the Lord began to stir on me. I am going to open the barren womb. And then he said, I am going to open the womb to birth what has been waiting to be birthed. This isn't the enemy getting access. 
Because the enemy has been bleeding us dry. Instead, it's time to realize that God's about ready to take us to a door of birthing. Now what I speak to you, I do not say that these are all the doors. Please seek for doors yourself. Please pray about what I tell you. I have gotten this in prayer. I am confident it will be confirmed in prayer. But you should always pray. Another thing that I looked at is what's going to open from the heavens. How many of you have paid attention to what's going on in California right now? Anybody paid attention to the storm that's hitting that state? They are getting so much rain. They went from drought to an abundance of rain. And the abundance is so great. I want you to catch this. That it is called an atmospheric river. Now, Brother Eli Hernandez, he constantly told me, the physical will represent the spiritual. It will allude and point to something that's coming. But what we miss is it went from drought to abundance. And when you take a land from drought to abundance, what you get is flood. And the reason you get flood is because the soil has dried out to the point that it cannot drink the water. And so it accumulates on the surface because the soil has become hard and dry. This is get ready. Get ready. If you are not praying daily in the Holy Ghost to let that water come up and keep your soil moist, what is going to be poured out will not be great for you. It will be devastating. This is something that is going to be poured out with such great abundance. The world will not deny it. The time is short and there are open doors. They are not yet, but I know that they're going to open. We are going to find keys. We are given the direction. Stay in alignment. What you seek, ye shall find. I know we're going to find keys. Because what is going to open up is going to reach this state. It has been promised. We had Brother Gurley say, it's going to flow. He said, the angel of Cornelius has been given. Now I want you to understand, don't get disappointed. You're like, well, I haven't seen him do anything. So what? He's been given, not yet dispatched. 
We have him. This is a resource that is going to operate on behalf of the church. And if you read about the angel Cornelius, it showed up to Cornelius' house, and what showed up to Peter was a revelation so that he could receive what God was bringing in. It's one of the keys for an open door that we have to look for. What key do I need to receive what God's going to bring through that door? Because each person, each affliction, the answer is right in here. However, I want to talk about the last door that God stirred on me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Any man that opens, I will come in. Now I want to ask you something. How can you invite Jesus in and not invite those that are following him? Are you going to look at the master and say your disciples have to stay outside? Because he sups with sinners. If he didn't, he never would have supped with me. That's just, that's just truthful. I have no shame in what I was because I know it was only overcome by what he did. If I hide what I was, I'm not giving glory to what he actually did for me. But this door is only going to be open by the hand of God knocking and me be willing. We have got to love people. Because I don't know if you've looked around this world and listened. There is a lack of it. What the world has called love is failing them. And they need the real thing. But church, it's going to be because God comes and says, I want to take you somewhere else. We're going to have to first eat what you're dealing with. But don't worry, the supper's not over because now we're going to eat what I brought. (laughs) This open door is me being open to each and every one of you because we are a body. Something that God struck me with was in the time of David when the war was over, Abner came to David which was Saul's right-hand man, the commander of his armies. And Abner said, I'm going to gather all of Israel and bring it under you. And Joab came because Abner had killed his brother in battle. David said, you are not to touch this man. And Joab went into rebellion. And Joab held on to unforgiveness because unforgiveness will kill the very thing that unity is trying to bring in. 
when God knocks on my heart, sometimes I don't want to open the door because I know what stands behind it. But I have to realize that if I don't open the door, what God's using that man to bring into my life, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to reject what he has to say. I'm going to reject his ministry, and I'm going to reject the word. And the last thing that God said I'm going to open is it says there was no open vision in those days in the book of Samuel. We have been told the fivefold ministry is going to come in its completion. We are going to see those doors begin to open. And it is not in any way to usurp the authority of the pastor. I would dare say that the pastors are being crushed by the weight of spiritual authority because they don't have the fullness of the fivefold ministry to bear the body. The whole fivefold is there to bear up and edify us. Right? But there's going to start to be operation. While under submission. We have to remember, any crown you're ever given has to be cast at the feet. You only read of the beast trying to hold on to his crowns. The beast says what has been put on my head, that's for me. Dare I say, if you can't bow and cast a crown, what spirit is speaking to you? Or as Brother Lamas would say, Lamas! So I'll just, Mitchell! And I say it a lot. More than I'd ever like to admit. But church, I realize there's been a stirring this year. I realize it has already kicked off. But I want you to know, God has given a word to the pastor about keys. God has given a word to our prophet about get ready. And I am standing here telling you, God is about ready to show us some glorious, great open doors. We could please stand. I'm going to close with this parable because this has stirred on me since I heard it. In Matthew 25, it starts with, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins who took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps while the bridegroom tarried. They all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there not be enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while 
they went to buy the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Now, I understand that this talks about the rapture, but I am here to tell you that those ten virgins all slept, and none of them were awake with worry because they were all convinced they were ready. And the other part of this scripture that has bothered me is that no man shall ever have such an abundance of oil that he can supply your lack of it. And if you're not ready, what is opened, you might miss it and it be shut. Get ready. Get keys because a door is going to open. Church, we need to be ready to walk. We need to be ready to go. When that door opens, I don't want to stay on this side of it. And I'm not even talking rapture. I'm talking about what God is going to do in the church this year. If that's your desire, I wish for you to come up here. I ask for God to knock at your heart. And I ask for you to open. Let us examine ourselves. That we be ready for the doors that are going to come open to us. In Jesus' name.